Welcome to a very special episode of Around the League, where for the first time, I'm joined by my main man, Tuan. We are at Highland Optical. It's 10.52 p.m., and we just finished watching the Ra- Toronto Raptors beat the Orlando Magic in their third regular season NBA playoff game. But before we dig into so much exciting news since the NBA's return, let's check in with our boy. Tuan, what's up, man? Again, you know, my typical answer, not much, but I have been doing quite a bit the last last few weeks. Been going to the beach, doing some hiking by um, Savo Beach, by Tormori. And yeah, I'm just trying to enjoy summer. I've been getting a lot of sun, you could see, pretty dark now. But yeah, I've been enjoying myself the last month or so. How have you been? What you been up to? Hey man, the NBA is back. It looks better than ever. Um, but we had a nice little evening. You got here at what, 7.30? We had some Swiss Chalet. We watched the Raptors game. And we were going to hes- we were going to delay this podcast episode. We were going to record on Friday. But we said, what the hell? Let's burn the mil- midnight oil. Let's record this podcast. And there is so much to dive into right now. Um, the NBA is back. It looks great. Anyone that was skeptical about the product definitely has to admit that it looks fantastic. What are your initial thoughts from the first six days of the regular season? Um, the league definitely killed it. I think just from hearing what the coaches have to say, what the general managers have to say, the players have to say, um, looks like they've done a really good job. This is the first time. They've done a bunch of testing in the last few days and zero corona cases in the last, I believe, like week, week or so. So they've done a good job with that. Um, I think they provided the players with enough amenities and activities to do mm-hmm. throughout the bubble. And I think it's a cool experience. Like, Markel Fotes has his own vlog now that he's just doing on, like, YouTube, showing, like, he has a, car- a camera and he carries it around to practice, to, like, dinner, to whatever. Mm. And you kind of have, like, a first-hand glance on how the players are doing and how they're feeling. And you get, like, yeah, an inside shot of it. Jovemic is doing one too. I haven't watched his yet, but I'll probably give it a watch. But um, the the Sixers do a, like, he does a pretty good job of um, showing how cool, like, Tobias Harris is and Kyle O'Quinn and some of those other guys, like Ben Simmons too, like, him working on his shot. So it's cool to see another team's perspective. It'd be cool if the Raptors did something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's sick. Honestly, there was so much pessimism on my end before (laughs) it all started. I thought that this was a disaster in the making. You had Florida leading the United States in cases. Um, you had players testing positive prior to entering the bubble. But I feel like they've actually knocked it out of the park. Yeah, they definitely have. Um, just the game experience as well. The Watching game the experience game, is phenomenal. I Yeah, the, having no fans there isn't really affecting um, the, the visuals. Like It, it looks great. The fans look great, even the visual fans look great, or the digital fans look great. And you ca- you hear a little more of the game too, and you see like the the teammates get really excited. Because now they can chirp guys, and they'll hear it, like there's a more crowd noise, right? Yeah, that's the so one thing I noticed too, like there was a situation where Chris Paul had to make two free throws, or sorry, he had to make one free throw against the Denver Nuggets to tie the game, and he missed the first one. Mm-hmm. and the Denver crowd was going nuts. They were chirping him. And you know how Chris Paul can get pissed off. 
like he was looking at their bench and he was genuinely upset with how pleased they were. And it's, really? I feel like the game experience, the product that they put out is completely different because there's no more masking of energy from the fans. You know what I mean? Like before when you were in an arena, uh, players could sort of take a step back on the bench and let the fans dictate the energy of the game. Where yeah. now um, teams are really hoping or really pushing for their bench to manufacture that energy. The bench has to be engaged. Yeah. The bench has to, you know, bring it every single night. And you can see that from watching it on TV. Yeah. I right. think that is so much fun to see. You're right. They're celebrating a lot more. They're just so much more energy on the bench. And it's just a bigger bench too. So you see them even interact and have so much space to like jump around and like get excited for a three or get excited for a block or a charge, right? So that's been super cool. And broadcasting has been great too. Yeah, you don't you know? realize like broadcasting might be more important, more important now than ever. Because from from a fan standpoint, all you're really listening to is the broadcasting. Yeah. There isn't much going on in the arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it looks great. It feels great to watch. And I'm really impressed with the buy-in from all players. You know, there was a lot of skepticism going into this. You know, who would even report yeah. Who would show up? Who's going to test positive? We had that Lou Williams incident. Um, so <laughs> there were a little bit of distractions. I'd like to go back to that Lou Williams distraction, though. Like, that's hilarious. Like, of course he would go to Magic City in Atlanta and get wings, you know? So t- <laughs> It's so much fu- It's so funny to laugh about. But what he almost jeopardized, you know, all that hard work, the NBA. Man, this guy almost jeopardized billions of dollars. Because of that stupid-ass yeah. decision. Yeah, he did. He did. But it's funny that it happened to him. And, you know, glad nothing happened to the league and nothing happened to any other players. And he'll have to be penalized for, like, the, for the few games that he's going to miss. Yeah. I mean, he's, sorry? He's back right now, right? right? I think he's, he's actually back. He played, he played yesterday, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played yesterday when the, they lost to the Suns. He had that 10-game mandatory quarantine. But, you know, one of the things I want to say quick is the lack of gimmicks that the NBA is using. Um, I think the Zoom Zoom fans is brilliant. And one of the things I heard one of the announcers say was um, when the playoffs start, the Zoom fans are actually going to be a combination of fans, but also family members, uh, close friends. And I think that from a player's perspective... You know, you have your fa- you have your teammates going yeah. hype, but then you're gonna have like friends yeah. and family watching from the screens. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool. That would be cool. Yeah. The other thing too is, um, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, it just feels full. The arena feels full. Yeah. Despite being so empty. Yeah, other leagues I can't say the same. Like baseball, they're not covering any of the seats. It just looks so empty. It looks. The product's terrible. Bro, it looks awful. <laughs> they have pixelated cardboard humans um, yeah. that have just permanent smiles on their face staring at you from the camera. It looks awful. And yeah, can yeah. noise. Even what you mentioned before with hockey, like they, they're not doing a good job covering the seating there. Hockey it, it could looks, have done looks, a different looks, camera looks, angle, I think. It looks obvious. It looks too obvious. Yeah, they could have. Like, Why not just like build something up by the glass and just have it like where the NHL or the NBA is having it? But they just have a kind of a lower view, mm-hmm. but you can like scan through it and you just not look over the glass. Yeah. No, it's, it's so like, again, I was skeptic, I was skeptic, I was skeptical before this, um, but you can never, you can never uh, doubt the NBA. 
Yeah. They're they're innovators. They're always going to lead the way, um, and they're killing it. And I hope it stays this way. For I sure. hope they can continue all the way to the finals, and that we can get a championship crowned. Um, what do you What do you wish they did differently? What would you like to see, in terms of just like maybe, the maybe just less teams? I think that's probably the only thing. Like, I guess the Suns are doing pretty well, but I don't think they're going to make it. Um, and what are the Wizards even doing in there? You know, like. Doesn't really make sense. Yeah, they're so yeah. terrible. It's just, but the product has been amazing because they're playing the top tier teams like a matchup with the top, you know, four team in the East or West every every night, and there's four or five games on every day, so you can catch a game that works for you. Yeah, you know, so and all the games have been excellent. Mm. Like I've watched a lot of good games. Well, Lakers, that's the other Raptors. thing. Like the league play is through the roof. Yeah, they, they're playing at such a high level right now, like much higher than they would if they were coming from a summer in a training camp. Bro, I'm blown away yeah. by how how high the level of play is right now. But we also have been watching the Raptors play. We have, I'm, I'm sure you've seen all the games, and they are playing at such a high level. But you're also watching, like, Houston. You're playing, watching Lakers and Clippers, too. You're not watching, like, Orlando and the Brooklyn Nets, right? You're definitely not watching those games. So you're watching very high-level basketball even though they're just starting off. But I'm just, I'm, again, I, it's, I don't want to make this a big love fest about how much we, how proud we are of the, of the league, but like the players came in great shape. Mm-hmm. They're playing at such a high level, and they really hit the ground running. Yeah, the guys are losing 10, 15 pounds, gaining pounds where they actually need to. Yeah, they took this seriously. It's really yeah. cool to see. Yeah. Um, what, who's been your favorite team so far? <laughs> Yeah, but that sounded like a homer. Yeah, well, yeah, my homer pick is the Raptors and my non-biased homer pick is the Raptors as well. I feel like they've been the talk of the media for a bit now, especially with the win now over Orlando. They basically dominated that game from start to finish. They beat the Lakers handily. Anthony Davis, 2 for 7. That's hilarious. Like This guy dropped 40, like two points yesterday on Gobert. And this team is just crushing them. Like LeBron had like an average game, like decent, like below average game, I would say. They just made Kuzma, Caruso, um, KCP, right? And um, yeah, they just killed him because they let these bunch of guys go and 80 went two for seven. He was a non-factor. Because the Raptors do such a good job. There's not like a one-off or anything. Like uh, Embiid had zero points <laughs> during the regular season. Um, who else? Uh, Damon Lillard had like six points. This guy was averaging like 45 for like a six-game stretch. Yeah, I think what's happening too is like around the league when you look at media and blogs and and, uh, and TV, radio and whatnot, people are starting to... The Raptors' identity is starting to become defensive juggernaut. Yeah. And I think a couple things I read was they're leading the league in... Um, I forget what the stat is, but... Teams shoot the lowest three-point percentage against the Raptors. Um, yeah, which means they're challenging every shot because obviously the league has evolved into high shooting percentages of three or just like an overall total of shots are now threes. Um, and players are jacking up like seven, eight shots, three-pointers every game. Like, and although we lost Kawhi, like we have an abundance of lengthy two-way 
players who pride themselves on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, I'm not obviously going to say that they're the same player, but OG's like a very shitty version of Kawhi, which is perfect for what we need because he's playing at a very high level, even though... He's playing at like fringe all-star level right yeah, now. Yeah, he's defensively a monster, and he's making the three. He's just like playing within the flow of the game. His handle looks better. Um, he's finishing at the, at the rim, and he's still making his free throws like, at a decent rate. Um, so he's taking that next step, and like Redmond Bleed is just enough, another level type of player now. Like I, t- today, he had what a 20, 21 and ten and four game. Mm-hmm. Like he never really gets those high of assist numbers, and he's shooting like very well, finishing well at the rim, and his three point shooting is pretty good. Like he's forcing teams to jump at him at the at the uh, three point line, so he's taking advantage of like guys jumping at him and then just being able to finish well, which he's doing what he's doing right now is like remarkable. Yeah, I mean, the the break that they took after the coronavirus was actually longer than an NBA typical offseason. Yeah. So, again, don't want to make this a Raptors love fest either, but <laughs> if you think about it, they played the first half of the season with a ton of injuries and adversity. Yeah. They remained in the second seed. They had this coronavirus outbreak. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of uncertainty on how you know teams were going to play or perform, or if they were going to hit the ground running or maintain that cohesion, and they did. Yeah, like they just flat out have. You can tell they have not skipped a beat, and it says a lot about them. But on the other hand, you don't you don't realize or you tend to forget they were in Fort Myers two weeks before a lot of other teams. Yeah, that definitely helps. And again, the buy in from the players. You know, after those two weeks, it looks like it, they maintained or they regained a lot of focus rather than burn out. Like, I feel like this team really, really believes that they can go for it, uh, regardless of what the outside media says. And, yeah, it's really scary to watch because they're playing with a huge chip on their shoulder. And they're just proving people wrong night in and night out. And I feel like this atmosphere without fans and with just them as a team and the coaching staff, they kind of thrive in this environment. Yeah, they had an identical record on the road in a way. And what were they, like 46 and like 14 or 16 or something? Yeah, aren't they now 23 and 27? Yeah. So like, 23 um, of their last 27? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is just insane. Yeah. yeah, that's including that win streak, the 15, what, 15 or 16 game win streak there. Um, and then now they're on like a five game winning streak. Oh my God, Kyle, Kyle Lowry is playing out of his mind. He's taking charges. Fred Van Fleet is playing at an all-star level. Ibaka looks incredible. Marcus Saul looks like he a vintage a throwback. He had a great game. He was shooting three well against. Um, uh, who, sorry, who did they play today? Orlando. Orlando, yeah. He, he shot the ball well. He shut down Vucevic again. Um, and again, Siakam is still playing with so much energy. Yeah, and he's, learning, t- he's learning. He's learning. He's, he's making it three and then he's going down and he's trying to make another three, which is what I want because you need to have that confidence to make that second shot and not be too passive on that. Because if you want to be that main guy, you want to be able to, like Kawhi did last year against the Golden State, or yeah, the Warriors, um, where they were down six at halftime, and then he just came in, had two big threes right off the bat, and they kind of took control of the game after that. Right. So if he's able to get to that level and have that confidence to make that second shot, and if he does make that second shot, then go for the third one and just make sure to just have that have more of that like lead guy uh, instinct because he's going to... Like, if he scores 25, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. That's a stat that's been proven. Like, mm, yeah. the majority of the time they're going to win if he scores 25 plus. Last, last three points I want to make on my end. 
What really started to scare me is when I saw how hard they were playing in the scrimmages. Yeah. Case in, plo- case in point, uh, we played Houston. They sat Westbrook and Harden for you know a lot of that game. But the Raptors uh, kept a lot of it. The, they were playing their eight-man rotation pretty much that whole game. Yeah. And you could tell that um, they were playing to work on things. You know, and they've maintained that seriousness from the quote-unquote scrimmages to this game against Orlando when they could have played a lot of guys a lot less minutes. Um, number two, the fact that we're the only team in the NBA with our president and uh, general manager, I believe, yeah, in the bubble. Yeah, so that level of buy-in from our front office says volumes. The yeah. risk that they're putting themselves at in terms of a health perspective is you know, outrageous. And then the other thing I want to say is like, I feel like all the other teams that I consider contenders are dealing with things, whether it's L.A. with Rondo or Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, like with one foot in, one foot out, walking around the bubble without a mask, just being a little runt, you know what I mean? Um, Philadelphia, unsure if they're going to maintain that chemistry come playoff time, which I don't think they can. No. no. Um, Boston, the uncertainty with Kemba Walker. Yeah. You got Denver with this emergence of Ball Bowl and, and Michael Porter Jr. Like yeah. there's a lot of there's no other team in the league, I don't think, with this much reps and consistency. No, definitely not. I can't think of another. The Lakers look weak. Their bench looks weak. The Clippers aren't fully healthy and they don't have all their guys. Right. Um Milwaukee, they built they beat uh Celtics. Um in the first game, but they they lost to Brooklyn, even though I know Giannis didn't play. But I thought your bench was better than that, you know? For sure. Uh, so, and I know Bledsoe hasn't played uh, at all. So, obviously, that's going to be a factor, too. But, yeah, we have our full team intact, and we're just running through teams right now. It's pretty impressive. I feel like there's been so much to take away from these last six days. And I know that we, we planned before this podcast to talk about the league, but you know, and also talk about the Raptors. But I feel like the Raptors are the best team in the league right now. Yeah, in terms of how they're playing, they are. So it's kind of like. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're, no, we're not. We're not starting off with the Raptors because we're fucking big Raptors fans. It's just, it's that they're the talk of the NBA right now, and everyone knows that they're the best team in the bubble right now, and no one wants to um, meet them in the playoffs for a second, third. No, like Lakers don't want to play them. I don't really think like Houston wants to play them. No, like Clippers are a bad matchup because they're long and they're a veteran team and they have. The best player um, on the floor in Kawhi. So, but I think the Raptors have LeBron and AD kind of figured out a little bit. They just got to double team them every time and just make these other bench guys come up clutch. Like they haven't been able to show that. Like Kuzma, Crusoe hasn't been consistent. Mm-hmm. KCP's been terrible. Danny Green's been terrible. He hasn't scored on the Raptors all year. It terrible in the playoffs last year. Like let's be real here. Like he he got. Signed a big deal with the Lakers, but like he didn't do much in the playoffs for us. Right. You know, he sure he played defense, but when you needed a shot from him, he wasn't able to make it, and he had a terrible turnover in Game Six, and that could have cost us the championship. You know what I mean? So he did not play well, and he hasn't played hasn't played well. So sure, you want to depend on Danny Green in the playoffs, like be my guest. Like he'll make he'll be streaky, but he'll also miss like six in a row. Right. You know. So with that being said, and what's going on with the NBA, like. Oklahoma City is doing what Oklahoma City's been doing all year. You got to give them a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, who do you th- like? Do you think this changes? Like, do you think the West is going to look any different in terms of projections from, say, the last time we spoke? Well, 
OKC is pretty good. Why do you say that? They just beat the Lakers today by 20. Um, I know they, I believe they lost to Utah, but it was a close game. Yeah. And yeah, I think they're 2-1 in the bubble right now. But Chris Paul is just playing out of his mind. Shea Gilders Alexander is playing. They have a great team. They have Danilo Gallinari. They have, um, who's the other point guard, sorry? Um, the German fucking black dude. Um, Schroeder. Schroeder, yeah. Schroeder. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, my language, but. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they just have a solid, they have a good starting five. And they have a great coach. They're a young team that wasn't expected really to mm-hmm. make the playoffs. Everyone kind of wrote off Chris Paul. And he's kind of taking this team under his wing. Like, he's playing. Like, if, you, if, you're, if you're a Raptors fan, you can appreciate what like Kyle Lowry is doing. Like, I think Chris Paul is doing that, that at another level. Just because he doesn't have the same type of players around him as Lowry does. If, I believe if Chris Paul was the Rap, Raptors point guard, he could take them as far as Lowry. Like, they would be on the same page. Yeah. You know? As, like, Lowry's getting more attention now. But Chris Paul is also, like, yeah, the, this guy's just leading this young team. And like they have Steven Adams, who's playing a lot better now too, because you just have a guy that can control the floor. He's putting SGA in like the perfect position to thrive. Yeah, he's gonna learn so much from him. Like SGA will be an All Star in a two three years, right? Yeah, Chris Chris Paul might be just under Kawhi as one of the greatest rentals of all time, because it's obvious that Oklahoma City is gonna get rid of him next year with his yeah. salary, and you know the direction that they want to go with all their draft picks. Um, and I feel like Chris Paul is going to leave that team with the same impact that Kawhi, yeah. the same yeah, impact yeah, that Kawhi had when he left the Toronto true. Raptors. That although it sucked that he left, um, he did something to that to our team. Yeah. Um, in terms of his dy- dynamic and like the way they approach things mentally, right? Yeah, for sure. like culture is a thing that you overhear now mm-hmm. in the NBA, but it does make sense. Like. The Raptors have that culture now. Like, they're known as, like, the best. Like, it's weird because yeah, four or five years ago, they're, you know, when they started slowly winning, like, they were still considered, like, a terrible franchise. Um, like, Colangelo. Um, just, like, you have, like, Triano as your coach. You have Sam Mitchell. Like, sure, he did well, but, like, could never really do anything in the playoffs. Mm. But as you slowly graduate and you are gradually, like, Win playoff series, go to the East Conference Finals. Even though if you get embarrassed, you're still coming back every year, challenging for that first spot in the East, right? It just sucks that they couldn't get through LeBron. And then when LeBron went west, we got probably the best player in the league at the, at the perfect time. And he was healthy, and he was playing at MVP level. So, it, yeah, it just worked out because we were gradually improving our team. Lowry continually getting better. OG, Siakam. Siakam was terrible his first year. I think he missed like 20-plus threes in a row at, at one point in his first year. But um, Casey just said, hey, shoot. Keep shooting. And even though, like, you know, Casey wasn't the right coach for us, he developed a player as well. Like, DeMar turned into a very good all-star. Like, he was a second-team All-NBA player. Like, he was a top-ten player in one year in his career, which is crazy right. to think. Yeah, but, you know, <clears throat> sorry, go on. And I was saying, like, Lowry, ever since we got him, like, seven, eight years ago, he's been phenomenal, like, incredible to see. Yeah, I saw he's a stat. Like, he's like, he's, he was, like, 27 coming to us, and now he's, like, a 35-year-old point guard who has, like, six all-star appearances, which is crazy as a 
fought, like finals championship is a Larry OB. He had a huge game six. And yeah, just a guy that led the team, a vocal leader. Yeah, I saw a stat that said that the Raptors have won like 62 or 63% of games since Larry came to the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, the stat that I was reading earlier, in the first 20 years, um, the Raptors never won more than 50 games. If they win their next game this season, they're going to have five 50 uh, win seasons within five years. Crazy. Which is crazy. Crazy. And you know, you know what, though? Going back to this season, you know, they say good things, like good things come out of crisis sometimes. Um, and I feel like the NBA is going to learn a lot about their league after this bubble. Should it, should it finish through to the finals? Because this is going to be an interesting experiment because home court does not matter. Because yeah. now you're really not playing for, for home court because there is no home court. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. The, the one to eight standings are essentially flat. Right, matchups will only will definitely be the thing now that matters. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, there is no home court, and I just feel like I don't know who's gonna come out of this league this year. Yeah. I feel you... like it's gonna be the most spontaneous, most exciting. Um, I I'm now thinking of like Utah, Denver, Houston, uh, Portland in the West. Yeah. Like I'm considering those teams legit possibilities to either make the Western Conference Finals or even come out of the West, Yeah, which have, is incredible. Yeah, if you have Portland as the ninth seed right now and they somehow squeak into the eighth seed and they were Western Conference finalists last yeah. year and even though they got swept by Golden State, they've still made it that far. They were leading in basically every game by double digits. Nurkic looks great. Yeah, Nurkic looks great. Like Damian Lillard looks better than ever. I think McCollum could play a little better, but Carmelo's having a resurgence, kind of like, you know, he's scoring. It's so cool he's, to see He's man. making that three, that huge three at the end of the game there. Um, and they were down 24 against Boston um, at one point in their game, and they came back and they took the lead, but they lost. Yeah. They still lost by four, I believe. But, yeah, they're just a team that can come back. They're like a vet team. They just need, like, Carmelo plays terrible defense. That's one thing I'll... Oh man, I was watching. I was watching that game very. Always intently. has though. I know he just, just terrible. He doesn't move his feet yeah, very well, but he has really good footwork. So he, it's he, weird. he just, he just like he'll he'll be a good rebounder. Like you put him on the post, but he was on if he's out on the perimeter. It's just it looks it, I, honestly I don't even pay attention that much to defense when I watch, but it's so obvious. Yeah, he reminds how me of a, he is. Yeah, he reminds <laughs> me of a slower Paul Pierce. Yeah, he's so exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what, what he's that's, become. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but you know what? Like, I think I, I'm really excited about the West. I feel like in the East, um, as long as the Raptors, you know, remain in second place, they can they can avoid a world of hurt. Like they can avoid a complete juggernaut, or sorry, a, a complete gauntlet. Yeah. Because whoever finishes third is gonna have to play Philly, Philly or Indiana, or Indiana, which is not a which deal. is a nightmare. Because let's let's bring up. Uh, the Pacers and TJ Warren and he's cash, never consi- cash considerations. That's yeah. what uh, I forget what Jalen Rose calls him. He calls him something with regards to cash. Consi- yeah, CC so, Warren. Yeah, cash considerations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this guy got traded um, f- from Phoenix with a second rounder um, to the Pacers yeah. for cash consideration because they were trying to sign a, a 
believe like Ruby or something. Mm-hmm. That's what they try and do, which they did. And this guy is playing kind of out of his mind. He's always been a really good scorer. Um, so I remember watching him at uh, NC State. And he was a really good scorer. He had like a really good floater. He's a great finisher in the line, uh, in the paint, but he didn't have a three-point shot, which he definitely has now. He has he's a forty-point or forty percent free throw or three-point shooter. Sorry, and he did that with the Suns last year, and he's doing it this year with the Pacers. And now with uh, Sabonis kind of out, he's playing that three-four spot, and he's getting basically all of Sabonis' touches. Sabonis was what a like an 18 and 13 and um, five type player, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he might be out for um, some time. But if TJ Warren is able to keep hot and you, you're the Celtics, you don't really want to face these guys because they could take you to six or take you to seven. And that's, again, you'd rather play Orlando Magic or the Brooklyn Nets um, rather than the Sixers or the Pacers. Like if you got the Sixers in the sixth spot, oh my God, that's, that's fucking trash. Bro, I'm going through trash. our uh, going through our hypothetical playoff predictions. <laughs> you, you had Miami beating Indiana. See, I had Indiana beating Miami. This is it was, I, except <laughs> I was very high on Sabonis. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. I didn't mention TJ Warren in our, in our podcast once. Yeah, so. no, me neither. So that's how like fast the script can switch for a team. Just yeah. every one of those guys who has always had a knack for scoring, but never had the opportunity, and that's what he's. Been able to now. He's been able to improve the three-point shot, and he just has a world of confidence for now, which I don't want to face in two weeks, mm-hmm. right? Honestly, and yeah, I just feel like this is going to be the most wild card uh, playoff of all time, but I think that it's going to be so much fun to watch because the NBA has put together such a good product with Disney that it's just going to be entertaining, and I think that I don't think playoffs will look the same going forward. They might next year when things get back to normal, knock on wood, but I feel like they're going to learn a lot from this and things are going to change. Yeah, for sure. Um, for example, could you imagine like a neutral location playoff? They just made it a bubble? Like, we're in the playoffs. Uh, what, but then what, if, when it's, what incentive would you have to come first in your or exactly. conference or division? Well, matchups, right? There would have to be some sort of incentive. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it'd be cool. I really, I really like what's happening just out of sheer necessity. Yeah, they've done such an amazing job. They've done such a great job. And the product, again, like we said, is awesome. So, like, outside of the Raptors, what other team have you been impressed, like, most impressed with um, so far in the bubble? Well, all of a sudden, Denver became this team where now you're thinking about how they're going to afford, you know, two or three players down the road. They've just, they have a plethora of assets all of a sudden. I mean, if Bull Bull maintains this level of play, like, that's legend. He's playing at... Like that's he could become a legendary player with his with his intangibles. Yeah, with yeah, exactly. Um, if he maintains that skill set and gets better, like my goodness, yeah. Him and Jokic looked incredible together, and just they look so different, right? They're just completely <laughs> different people, and they're hitting each other on high lows. Michael Porter Jr. is coming out of his coming out of his shell, and like you were saying, like it might be bad for Jamal Murray that he's injured right now because. You know, 35 points on the, the first game, 37 the next for Michael I, Porter. I think he had 37, then he had a 30 and 15 game today. Yeah, which is... Which is insane. Insane. Yeah. Insane and if this becomes a thing, Denver's going to be ridiculous. What if Jamal Murray becomes a sixth man? 
at 170 million. No, he's not going to be that. Okay, so shout out to George for fine. He was the first one to ever send me a Michael Porter Jr. Uh, mixtape. Of course. And Probably when he, he was second. He was sick in high school, obviously. And he just, I believe, heard hers me at Missouri, and fell. I believe it was thirteenth. I could, yeah. No, he was. Yeah, he was always supposed to be like a major prospect. Yeah, he was supposed to be number one too, and he got hurt, and he fell to the Nuggets, and they picked him up. They're like, yeah, take a year off, take a redshirt year, and they're reaping the rewards for that pick. And Bobo, who fell, I believe, like forty fourth, forty fifth, in the second round, he was supposed to be a first, like a lottery pick. But also he had injury concerns too. Right. But if you pick one or two or three of those guys, and one of them turns out, you're getting such good value. Like this guy, 37 points, 30 and 15 now. Like he's playing big minutes. He's playing healthy. And if Jamal Murray just takes that third, um, um, third kind of option, uh, with a scoring, kind of go off whenever. But also like just be a playmaker because they have Jokic, mm-hmm. and if if Jamal Murray can just become a little better. Then he allows, he opens the floor for Michael Porter Jr., uh, Jaron Grant. Yeah. Um, who else do they have? They have like Will Byrne. Um, who's the other guy from Michigan? Uh, Gary Harris. Yeah, they've just all they just of a sudden have, become they, have eight, a, they have a bunch of fucking players that. Now they just have they just need one guy to be that offensive juggernaut right. for them. And they've they just found become it. like nine deep. Yeah, because Jokic is, even though he's like a first All NBA type center, he's not going to score the buckets you need in the late like late seconds of a game. But the offense will always go through him. I know flow because through. because because now they have enough players, like those four guys that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. that can create their own shot, shoot an open three. Um, it's a weird dynamic because you've never really seen a big controller game like that. This guy just is able to shoot the three smooth in the post. He doesn't have a jump over. He's just stronger than you. Yeah. And now he's just, he's the best passing big man probably ever. I said, a lot of Divots and Sabonis. Yeah. Like right? Denver, Denver definitely scares me. But like I said earlier, honestly, I think the West has become completely flat. And I think that everything that's been happening in a positive Direction for all these teams, Denver, Houston, Portland, Utah. Um, I think those four teams, I could honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out of the West or at least made it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, least, yeah. I think that this positive trajectory that these teams are taking is the exact opposite from the Los Angeles Lakers. I think the Lakers, uh, since the league started or resumed, have been in the worst situation. Things yeah. are not looking good for that team. They're thin. Um, they obviously match up well against the Clippers, but who knows if they're going to get past the Blazers, if that's the 1-8. Yeah, who knows exactly. if they're going to get past Utah, yeah. if they make it past the second round. Yeah. You know, they just don't... I, I honestly worry that they're not going to be able to make it to the Western Conference Finals or the Finals. Yeah. When I thought about them prior to quarantine, prior to the league stopping, I thought they were a sure bet to make it to the Finals. Yeah, well, Avery Bradley sitting out doesn't help. No. He's kind of like the... Rondo's that injury. Guy. Yeah, Rondo's injury. Yeah, I think that Bradley... And all these teams are up. getting better. Yeah, and they're, 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 they're only dependent on two guys. They don't have anyone else. Like, who's their third option? Like, it's Kuzma. Like, are you really depending on Kuzma to be J.R. Smith? Like, Deion Waiters? Like, are you really depending on those guys to be your 
third score that you need. Like LeBron go for 30, AD go for 40, but yeah. that bench will go for like 20, 30. Yeah, you nailed it. It's nice to have Dion Waiters. It's nice to have J.R. Smith for those heat check games when you're already deep. But, yeah. you know, they things are flat. You bring them off the bench. They start getting hot. But the fact that you might legitimately need them for honest minutes, yeah. the fact that you have Caruso finishing games, yeah. you're not. that's not a championship no, caliber it roster. Isn't. definitely isn't. Yeah, AD and LeBron just have to go apeshit and play out of their minds. Um, honestly, I've watched all their games, and their bench looks terrible. Like, they're just so inconsistent. Like, Waiters will have a big game one night and then just play terrible. Kuzma, too. Kuzma's not consistent at all. And he has the potential to be really good, and he just hasn't been able to convert on open looks. He's getting open looks. Danny Green's getting open looks. And, if sure, if they, if they get that, they'll win the series or two, but I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Clippers. No, I mean, Clippers this... Clippers are just too good defensively. This Miami team, I find these teams... I find this happens to LeBron a lot where... The bench is always thin. This reminds me of the first two years with the Miami Heat, where there really was, well, the first year, where there was really nothing off the bench. That Miami team actually was probably better. But I feel like... Yeah, they are better, for sure. LeBron yeah, gets into no these top-heavy rosters. Of course, he has Because to. he demands all these, you know, yeah. he wants these players to play alongside sure. him. And then the team is thin with assets. It's worked, though. I feel like, sure, you won three championships, you're in, like, nine finals. Right. And you were playing the East, which, again... I just play. don't think they stack up anymore. I, no, I don't either. Just no. from watching them right now, I, like you said, before the uh, the quarantine and before COVID, they looked great. Yeah. They looked great. And you'd expect like these guys, they're a younger team, LeBron and PG obviously going to put in the work. So mm-hmm. you expect this team to be better. But again, they have Vogel. And I don't I think, I don't think you can like underestimate how well um, or how big a factor coaches in the league. Like I feel like Sure, he's done well with the Pacers, but he's never gone to the finals. You know, he's yeah, he's gone to Game Seven with LeBron, but he's never won. And when PG got hurt, he wasn't able to put a good enough team on the floor. The great fact, yeah, that's right? a great point. And so I feel like Vogel is going to get out coached by Doc Rivers, right? Yes, yeah. like Doc Rivers, like Absolutely. like he'll get he'll get uh, completely out coached by Utah. Yeah. What's his name again? Um, um, Psycho always chooses his gum at 120 miles per hour. Sorry, I'm just trying to remember his name. No need to find Because I I was thinking of Terry Stotts, because if they see Portland in the the first round... Terry Stotts will undress him. Right? Because they they have... like They're so deep. Like, Nurkic... um, Too bad that... uh, What's his name? Uh, He played for the Lakers and the Suns. He was... was, Trade somebody sitting out. Ariza, sorry. They mm-hmm. had Ariza too, but he's sitting out. Right. Which sucks. But, yeah, Carmelo's playing well. You, you always have Lillard. You know, shout out to Portland, baby. Um, yeah, they're a, ter- they're a terrible 8C too, to be matching up against. Yeah. That's like a second, third round. Scary. Yeah, again, they went to the Western Conference Finals last year, so... And they were just injured. That's what it was. They were just injured throughout the year. Right. Right. No, it's going to be interesting, man. It's honestly going to be really interesting. Uh, we still have, what, five more regular season games? Mm-hmm. It's it's like paradise. This is the best. I couldn't have asked for anything better yeah. than, than what we're witnessing. It's, it's been great to watch. And, yeah, the games have been good. Anything, anything else you want to mention or, or bring up? 
Uh, maybe let's give a shout out to Doncic, a huge triple double. I think at thirty two. Okay, I haven't been watching the Mavs. I haven't been watching the Mavs, but I saw him put Corey Joseph on skates. Okay, t- tell me about Doncic. I honestly haven't been really following the Mavericks, but yeah, so, I know he's doing something historical right now. So they now. lost to the Rockets in their first game. They had a seven-point lead with like 40 seconds left, and they lost. Right. They lost because Harden made double shots. Wait, yeah. say that again? They what? They were up seven points okay. with 40 seconds left in the game, and they lost. Okay. It went yeah. to overtime, and then they couldn't uh, box out Covington, and they lost in overtime. But he uh, played... I, I, I don't know who he played... The other day, was it Sacramento? Uh, but he had a 32, 34, 20 rebound, like 12 assist game or whatever. Like, jeez. A 30, 20, 10 game. <laughs> and there was a interview with a reporter. I forget his name, sorry. But he was saying that he, when he interviewed um, the FC, uh, did he go to, was he real, he was, he was at Real Madrid, right? He was, so I believe it was at Real Madrid, and one of the, the veteran players on there was like, yeah, we have this like 15-year-old kid from JV that comes up and plays on our team once in a while, and everybody knows he's the best player, but he doesn't know he's the best player. Oh. And they're talking about Luca, and then he goes, and he wins like EuroLeague MVP, and we were saying how Phoenix picks Ian over him, Sacramento picks uh, Bagley over him. The Hawks trade the third pick away to, to Dallas for Trey and um, Cam Reddish. And mm. the, yeah, and then yeah, he gets picked third and he's a generational talent. Like he's, he's going to be like a type of like a, he's a white version of LeBron. A guy that, he's going to be a better shooter than LeBron, but his playmaking is, I feel like, close to the same level. He's younger, so I don't think it's as good. But his passes into the corners, he finds guys on alley oops. Yeah, um, he's a special player, man. And yeah, I feel like it's gonna suck playing him too. Like the Clippers and, and Dallas is gonna be a, like LA Clippers and Dallas Mavericks will be a great two seven series. And then I don't know where Utah, Houston, and um, who else is in there. Uh, all that matches up in there, but that really matters. So we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And the East, Milwaukee's kind of had it sealed up. Hopefully the Raptors seal this up and get Orlando, get the Brooklyn Nets, and steamroll those guys in the first round to get Boston or 76ers. And again, I feel like they play those two teams really well. And then depending how well they match up with Giannis and the Bucks, or who knows, it could be the Heat too. Because yeah. they play them well, they, you know? Yeah, no, a couple things. Like I like... Uh... I like how we're doing this in person now. Yeah, this is a lot better. <laughs> this, feels, this, is, this is a lot better. I'm this not feels lie. so much better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like the from a is... uh, from a standpoint of releasing this podcast, it's going to be like exponentially easier. Yeah. Um, but I say we do another podcast. Say they're going to play the Celtics on Friday, which is going to be an amazing game. Yeah. They'll play another game. Let's have a podcast after that second game. Whoever they yeah, play. Yeah, I, I would say just like once a week we're going to do a recap of how. To the second third of this, like the next two three games, how that goes, and then have another pod on the rest of the games, and then see what the matchups are for the playoffs, and then I feel like it's gonna be a lot easier watching the playoffs because 
so maybe a bunch of teams that aren't going to be in there, and then as they eliminate half the teams, it's going to be just easier to like really focus on the game and analyze different plays and different decisions made by coaches or like a refing mistake, just like stuff like that. So I think we'll be to, we'll be able to analyze the game a little better, like in a micro sense, a little better. But I feel like there's just so many games now that so like you can't really, unless I'm we're watching the Raptors or unless we're talking about the Raptors, I don't know really how well Milwaukee's really doing. Mm-hmm. If it's just like them just playing their bench or how guys are looking, is like like Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez playing well, is like Wesley Matthew playing well, or like George Hill playing well, I really don't know. And those guys are big players in that team, right? So Yeah. It'll be interesting to see uh if our narrative flips in, in a week's time. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see who's hot, who's cold, or if things are just trending the way that they're currently trending, which I could see happening, uh, because I think the players the teams that are playing well are playing convincingly well. Uh, no, but this is cool, man. It's nice to be live, face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be talking about live basketball. And we hope that uh, everyone listening right now enjoys this episode. We obviously thank you for tuning in, especially when Tuan and I were talking about uh, topics that we were just sort of making up so that we could provide you with some sort of entertaining content. Um, and yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to everyone soon. And uh, Twan, anything you want to say before we close up? Yeah, it's 11.36 p.m. It's 11.37 p.m. This is a late-ass podcast, but, you know, we do it for our listeners. And, you know, we hope to have, I guess, more guests in as we, like, get more comfortable with doing these. And when we need kind of another um, set of eyes or just more input from from another fan or someone that we can get on here, we're going to try to get more uh, more people on this type of discussion, conversation. I think that's going to enhance uh, the experience as well for us and for um, whoever joins and whoever's listening. Yeah, no doubt. We're in phase three. We could have 10 people. <laughs> we could have 10 people on this podcast if we wanted. You know, that's our group size limit. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to everything that's ahead. And uh, we appreciate everyone that's listening. Stay safe. And we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care. Peace.